Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Jessica Rasdale. She is a motivational speaker, best-selling author, public speaking strategist, and the host of the Speak to Scale podcast. She partners with small business owners to craft their stories and presentations that connect with their audience and convert from the stage. And that's what we're talking about today, how to craft your story for the virtual stage. We're all staying home these days and communicating with our audience online, but how do we actually show up as ourselves? How do we show up that serves other people and helps them and isn't self-serving? What's the line between being too vulnerable but sharing the right amount of information? Jessica even shares a really handy formula, even though she's not a huge fan of them, but it was really helpful for us for you to kind of break down your story into three different acts. So it'll help you kind of wrap your head around what are the ways that I can talk about this and how can it actually be helpful for other people? This one is definitely worth a listen right now when we're trying to connect human to human to other people these days. And I cannot wait to hear the stories that make you amazing and connect you with your people. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's been ages. It really has. And I was thinking about who do we need to have back on the show? Who do I just like love and care about? And you you made the list, girl. So (laughs) I'm so, so honored. Oh, good. You know, this time we're living in is a bit odd. And I know a lot of us are trying to figure out how do we share our story? And how do we stay mindful of like everything that's going on for other people? And then how do we maybe even shift that conversation from what might have been a public speaking opportunity and taking it online? Because right now, more than ever, I'm seeing businesses adapt and grow and change and try to shift where their services are even held. And I know you have a lot of perspective on this from your background. I still remember the first time I heard your story and I was like weeping in the audience. (laughs) And... I think your ability to connect with someone on a very human to human level is is unique but also teachable and so like 
let's talk about how we can connect with people because now more than ever, connection is so huge. So virtual I, connection. Yeah. <laughs> well, with space, with distance, with distance. <laughs> I can't agree more. And, you know, when we're communicating on, first off, like huge disclaimer, I'm a big time introvert. So I'm all about the space. Like, bring it on. I'm good with that. Keep continuing to stay six feet away from me (laughs) forever. (laughs) But when we are online and we're trying to communicate with people, we're trying to share stories, we have to understand that part of that connection is going to get lost. Like we have to show up a little bit bigger and a little more intimate in order to reach them where they are. Because through the screens, somebody on the other side has 37 other tabs open. They're Mm -hmm. getting dings and alerts and it's easy to pull people away from the message you're trying to share. So I think we almost need to show up even bigger when we're online versus in person. Well, and now too, because add to the list you just shared, put in kids and partners being home and the news and Daniel Tiger playing in the background and homeschooling and meal prepping and ordering food from online. All of the other things I Abby and I were talking about before we came on this call about how not only do we feel this, but our team members are feeling it, but our students are feeling it as well as where everyone's now just running on brain fumes. Like that's it. Whatever we have fuming around, especially halfway through the week, like what we've got is what we've got. And so I think Oftentimes, like a lot of people start to kind of panic about if they haven't really shared their story online before, how to start now, because maybe it feels a little, hey, look at me, or is this really relevant right now? But I love that you've always come from a space of sharing honest, vulnerable, true stories about ourselves and our own lives is the biggest way to impact and touch customers. So what are some of the ways that maybe you're tweaking your messaging or how you're showing up to be really relevant to right now. Now, my story is crazy. There's no disclaimer. <laughs> I don't have the normal story. And I think that held me back from sharing it for a long time. When I first started moving into the online space, I was worried that my story was going to repel people, mm-hmm. that nobody would want to work with me. Nobody would want to be a part of what I was doing because it would make me not credible. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, I was a with all the hopes and dreams to have this like business future. And my freshman year of college, I made a decision that changed everything. And five minutes from home, there was a car accident and my best friend died in my passenger seat. And you go overnight from worrying about midterms and what you're going to major in to what am I going to do with the rest of my life without her? And what if I have to spend the next 10 and a half to 15 years in prison? And everything changes. And like in that moment, I learned very quickly that nothing was about me. It wasn't about me. Like all the ego got checked at the door in a second. And keeping that at the forefront of my mind now, 14 years later, I think that's the like secret sauce that helps me share really well. Because when other people teach about story and sharing your story, there's always a lot of formulas and what to say. But the piece that we're missing is your story doesn't actually matter that much. It's the message that you're sharing within it. So we've got to start with, What is it that I'm trying to convey to my audience right now? Like, what do they need from me? If we were to remove ourselves and our experiences, like, what do they need? Do they need peace? Do they just need to know it's okay to slow down in this crazy season? Do they need to know, like, that this isn't the only storm they've ever weathered? They've been through tough things before. They can get through this. Like, what is it that we're trying to say? And Mm -hmm. if we can identify that first, it becomes a lot easier to then say, 
what story can I share that supports this message? Like, how can I validate that? How can I back it up? Like, how can I bring proof to the table so that they don't just think I'm, you know, blowing hot air over here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think that's it's so true. Like when we were thinking a bit about what was going on in the world, the first thing that came to our minds was, do we need to tweak our messaging? I think a lot of people, their first thought is, do I need to change what I'm offering? And I don't necessarily think that's true, but how you talk about it might need mm-hmm. to shift or change. Or how it's structured. Or, yeah. And when I was reflecting back on what story do I have that depicts hope and that shows people that we can get through this and we've been in your shoes and we understand like the first thing that came to mind was, you know, like I haven't talked about this story in a long time, but I was laid off twice. And after the second time I was laid off, I was like, I'm done trying to find security in other people and in other businesses. And instead, I forged my own future. I built my own business. And in 30 days, I completely replaced my corporate salary. And for other people, like that gives them so much hope that even if they're having to start from total scratch, from ground zero, zero email list, no audience, nothing to sell, that they could turn around and in 30 days make an impact for their family is huge. But you can share a story, I think, in either 10 second bits or, you know, over a whole webinar or, you know, in one post on social media. And I think we get caught up in is this story right? Am I sharing too much? Am I being too vulnerable? What makes sense for me? And I'd love your perspective on how to know how in depth we should go with things and when is it more self-serving mm. than it is helpful to other people? I love this question. And I think you're dead on with the, we're not changing offers. We need to change our messaging because I'm right there with you. You know, I've had to adjust offers a little bit because some were in person and yeah. that changes right. things. Well, they can't do that now. <laughs> we, can't, we can't do that right now. I don't want to be that far apart from my people in person. Um, <laughs> Everyone stay in your circle in this room. <laughs> you all get a beanbag chair and we're going to sit <laughs> six feet apart. No, I don't want to do that. But I have had to switch my messaging a bit because I help small business owners really scale their impact with public speaking. And a lot of events are getting canceled. A lot of events are getting delayed and moved online. So we're having to shift gears to what can they be doing right now to lay the foundation for the rest of the year? How can they navigate the events that are getting canceled? But more importantly, how can they take their presentation online? Like, how can I help them adjust the messaging? And again, I'm sharing a story that I haven't shared in a long time either. So I love that you're bringing that one back out for you. I firmly believe like there's so much information going around right now about how to weather this and what to do. And the reality is none of us know. We have no no clue. Nobody has ever dealt with anything like this before. And the only thing we can do is, you know, try to be that beacon of hope and give some advice. But there's one thing I do know. It's how to navigate speaking when the future is uncertain. And I never talk about prison. Like I never say that word. It sounds horrible. Um, But I call it summer camp in casual conversation. (laughs) Because like if you're in a restaurant and you're sitting across the table and you're like, yeah, that one time at prison, the people behind you are going to freak out. But if you're like that one time at summer camp, they're not even listening. So (laughs) inside tip. (laughs) In case I end up in prison. (laughs) In case you end up at summer camp, know how to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I 
you know, I was talking about like, I can't give you a roadmap for this. Like, I can't tell you what to do in this season, but here's what I do know is that I did have to go to organizers in the season of me waiting to get sentenced and say, yes, we have agreed that I'm going to speak on this date, but the reality is I might get sentenced before it happens and might not be able to fulfill our contract. So mm-hmm. I've had to navigate some very strange waters with speaking. And I want to make sure that I'm letting my audience know that I haven't been through this, but I have been through something else that I feel like has prepared me for this. And I think you sharing that story of uncertainty with your own job is lending the same message to your audience that this is a little bit different, but let me show you what I did during this time. And when we're trying to share a story like that, like where do we reach the point of it self-serving and we're trying to boast about something or when we're doing something to really get a result for an audience or to serve them, there's a couple questions you want to ask. And one is obviously, why are you sharing it? (laughs) Like if you're sharing it to try to process feelings, you probably need to share this with a therapist or your best friend. Call your friend. Or like call your therapist. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. Those feelings though do not need to be processed publicly on the internet or from a stage. You should go ahead and handle that behind the scenes before you share it. If you're sharing it to gather any kind of attention, if the goal is like, is this going to be viral? Is this going to incite dramatic feelings in people? You probably shouldn't share it. But if the goal is, I know that this can teach a lesson or this can inspire hope or a specific feeling, go for it, even if it feels uncomfortable. Now, there are points that you might have to gut check on how much you share because some details are going to distract and you need to ask yourself that of, does this detail help get them closer to the end goal or is it going to take them off course? So um, that's like you kind of got to comb through it. And sometimes it's great to have somebody else look at it before you share. Maybe write it down and say, I'm thinking about sharing this. Will you look over it? And like when I share my story, you guys know when I shared on the stage years ago, I wasn't up there talking about summer camp because that's really distracting. <laughs> that's not the point. Then, right. then you're going to ask me a million questions about that. That's <laughs> what all nosy about summer camp. <laughs> and instead, I'm like, here's the path we're going to go down. Like, There are so many details I could share over the last 14 years, but what do you need to know in order to move the needle inside of your life and your business? And I think as soon as we start to shift the focus on off of how are they going to receive me and onto what difference is this going to make for them, the way we tell the story changes. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said when at the very beginning, and I think this is key for even if you guys are just writing an Instagram post, like if it's not that deep of a story, truly, but like asking yourself, like, what do these people need from me now to be most helpful? I don't have to be the person who's giving advice like the CDC. I don't have to be the person who they come to for health recommendations or for if that's not my lane, right? I think so often what I've seen personally on Instagram lately, specifically Instagram where I follow a lot of people, people who are interior designers or DIY bloggers or foodies or whatever, right? Are feeling nervous about sharing their normal content because they feel like it's not relevant right now and it's not going to be helpful. But I saw this tweet the other day that I want to share with you guys because I thought it was really funny. And I'm this is what I'm like living by now if I feel guilty for sharing earrings or something about my kid or whatever. So someone posted, whatever we followed you for pre-coronavirus is what we're following you for post-coronavirus. If we came to you for butts, then we still want butts. We're not getting our breaking news from the butt person right now. We're following the CDC for that information. You're still 
the butt person. And so whatever (laughs) your version of being the butt person is for your people, I encourage you to continue to show up as that butt person because we we need it. (laughs) Oh, that's such a good one. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can't include things that are relevant in your lane. So like, for instance, you know, I share on my personal Instagram a lot about food and eating healthy and taking care of yourself. So I have included more mental health things than I normally do, Mm -hmm. but it fills in line with what's going on. I've talked about food, but instead of like talking about going to the grocery store, because right now that's freaking stressful, Uh I'm talking about how to freeze your fresh produce because that's relevant right now. Is it going to make sense a month from now? Probably not. But like it's in the lane of on topic, but also helpful given the situation. And if we can just keep showing up from that place of like, how can I help them in this that's in my lane, it's going to feel good. And we're going to help people in a way that maybe we didn't help them last month, but still feels good today. For some people, like telling the story or staying in your lane, like is natural. But for other people, words are not things that flow out of them. So how could you... I know you're like, I don't want to go down a formula route. And I get that, but... Oh, we're still going to ask for one. We're still give you a formula. Yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about like, what are some things I need to ask myself? Or what is an exercise I could walk through to like help me get this story on paper? Oh, I love this. But also the paper part. Because Mm -hmm. of the... Especially if you're not super comfortable with words, I think it's important to write the sucker out first. But even if you are comfortable with words, we do strange things when we get nervous and we start (laughs) adding in extra stuff or skipping over details that aren't important. So I think it's incredibly important to write this out first, feel good about it. And also it gives you the space to edit it. So that if you word vomit a little bit, it's totally fine. You know, you're going to be able to comb things out, be like, oh, that totally came out wrong. And you're not going to regret it later because everybody remembers that weird story that you shared. But the first thing I want you to think about is like we said earlier is what's the message? What is the message that I want to share? I mean, what is the message I want to deliver so that you can figure out what's the story I need to share to support that message? And there's tons of ways to share stories. I'm going to give you a formula. But the core of a great story, just you can look at any Hollywood movie, any book, anything. It's always a three-act formula. So here's what the before was like. Then something happened. And here's what's happening. Like here's my after, right? Like we're typically Mm going to talk in three acts. But that's just your core. We're going to go so much deeper than that. Stories need twists and turns and characters and all of this. But in order to help somebody see the transformation, we have to lay the groundwork. We have to let them know what we were like, what things were like before. So like when you were sharing about getting laid off, you had a job. You would probably tell them about how you felt like this was secure, right? You had this comfortable, predictable income, maybe what you thought things were going to be like. When I shared you my story earlier, I set the scene of the before as, I was a college freshman. I had all the hopes and dreams for my future. So where would things have gone had they not changed? When you start Mm -hmm. the story, set the scene for that before and let people know what was it, not only what was it like, but what would it have been like if things kept going Mm -hmm. the way they are? Then Mm -hmm. when we move into act two, 
we got to add a curveball. Like what happened? What changed? What was the thing? What for you? Was it that you got laid off? Was it that there was an accident? Was it that you saw you saw a gap in your industry that you wanted to fill? You realized something, something happened, right? Identify that, write that sucker down. But then after that, you probably learned a lesson. You probably mm-hmm. realized something. And this is going to be that core message to your audience. So for you, you realize that you could carve your own path. You could go out on your own. I realized that I could, for me, I started speaking right away. And I realized that there might have been a reason I made it out of the car that night. And if I kept sharing my story with other people, that other people, I could keep Laura's memory alive. Other people might not repeat my mistake and I could find a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Like Mm -hmm. you have to have a clear message for what did you learn from the thing that happened? And then we need to round this sucker out with like your hope for the future. So what's next? What is either something that you can speak into them as far as like, I want you to create the same freedom in your life, or maybe you're saying in like, telling them what's next for you. So like maybe I started speaking, but, and now I'm on a mission to deliver this message to as many young adults as I can. So Mm -hmm. we start with setting the scene. What were things like, but also where would they have continued to go had things not changed? Then in your act two, we're going to talk about what happened. What was the curveball you were thrown? What did you realize? And most importantly, what did you learn from that? And then in act three, it's where are you now? Or where are you going? Or what is this message of hope you want to speak into your audience? Mm-hmm. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I think that's really helpful. Abby, did you take notes? Because I'm (laughs) ready for for, you to write that out. (laughs) For real. I think that will make such a huge difference. And I think the part that is easy to forget personally is the laying the groundwork for where things would have gone. I think most people get the like, here's what changed and here were the results. But I feel like if we could do a better job of setting up the before, the after almost seems more dramatic or like Mm -hmm. more interesting or more powerful. And I've definitely done this in other places. I've told stories before and I think I've done it really well. You know, like if I kept doing this, this was going to happen for me. I think if we can focus on that before more, because that's not necessarily something I've spent a super long time on with that particular story, just because for me, the after at this point has been just as long as the before. So like I was in corporate for five years and now I've been a business owner for five years. And so like the before was a long time ago. (laughs) So like really imagining what that was like. Well, you would have never met me, first of all. (laughs) I know. It would have been so sad. (laughs) Life would just be unfulfilling without her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Literally. (laughs) I mean, I probably would be – I don't know what I would be doing. It'd be really interesting. You would be climbing that corporate ladder. Girl, me too. I would. I definitely would have. But like, would I have enjoyed it? I don't know. That's the part that we don't even realize is happening when we watch movies or we read books Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But again, had I told you, had I not told you the beginning part and I just tell you like the curveball in the story, it's not actually a (laughs) curveball then Mm -hmm. because nothing's changing. We don't know. Like, had you just said you started your business, people would be like, okay, cool. But maybe you had funding for it. Maybe you had a security blanket, but being able to lay that before. It also helps our audience identify with us. There's going to be things in that that they resonate with that maybe they've had a corporate job. Maybe mm-hmm. they were a business major. You know, Those little details allow us to create connection points with our audience mm-hmm. and they feel like they're a part of the story. Well, and the piece that I pull out, like not to pick apart Abby's story, but I think other people can kind of think about this too, is I think you can, Abby, go through and paint the picture of, okay, if I hadn't gotten laid off, what would life look like? But I think a kind of curveball 2.0 is if you had stayed in corporate world, 
and still gotten into your car accident, what would your life look like then? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Right? She was able to have so much different freedom and flexibility because of the job she had created once that happened. And if she had still, and she's literally crying right now, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And so let's talk about that. You know what I mean? And I think that right there is is a big piece for a lot of people who have been stuck in the corporate world or jobs that they hate when chronic illness comes or a car accident or something huge and physical happens and they're stuck even more. Yeah. And the reason that brings up so emotion, so much emotion, guys, is like sometimes there are pieces of our story that like we don't even want to imagine that they could have happened mm-hmm. any other way. Because while I might have been fine in the moment, like just keep going corporate, whatever, what if two years later, I was in this car accident. And I I mean, Emily and I have definitely talked about it. I would have ended up on disability. Yeah. Yeah. And both my parents are on disability. And so like, I know what that life looks like. And like, I had spent my whole life trying to not do that. Not because I don't love my parents. But, you know, like when you see someone suffer. So anyway, it just brought yeah. up a lot for me. But yeah. I think I think it's important that we acknowledge those pieces of the story that maybe we're ignoring because they can be even more powerful than the version of the story we're currently telling. Does that make sense? Yeah. And your audience has no idea what life was like or could have been like. You need to right. you need to show them. In fact, I can give you guys a whole worksheet that's literally Mad Libs of your story. You just yes. answer the questions and it writes the story for Mad you. <laughs> it basically just writes it for you. But there's a part in this formula, it's like number three, where you measure the stakes and you're saying, what was the future you were facing at this time? Like what were the odds, the risks, the opportunities? So maybe you were at a point where you didn't get laid off, but you hated your job. And there was a choice mm-hmm. to make of, or for you, maybe there was the choice of, do you go find another corporate job or do you create your own path? And we have to show people what the stakes were because it builds this tension, but it also lets them know what you were feeling in that moment when you made a decision. And if we don't give them that fork in the road moment, then it's like, oh, great. You know, you decided to do this thing and Mm -hmm. it can feel a lot easier than it actually is. And we're like, don't minimize my story. (laughs) Right, right. right. I I think that's so incredible. And I think just illustrates how powerful it can be. Mm-hmm. You how make do- yourself cry from your own story. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, oof, some, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff we we go through in life, like we can gloss over it and just make it seem like it's a normal everyday thing, but it can really truly have an impact on someone else. Like that one, to me, every time I go to write a story, and I know Jessica has the same thing, when you're focused on the message, Instead of the like getting something self-serving out of it, knowing at the end of the day that it has some sort of positive impact on someone else makes telling it so worth it. And I've been sharing my story for over 14 years now, and it it doesn't get easier. Mm. (laughs) I'm just going to say that, but you get better at it. And what I do personally is you will never know how many lives you've changed, how many people you've impacted. Like you can't measure it. It's not possible. But what you can do is save every little piece of positive feedback that you get Mm -hmm. because there are going to be days when you're like, I don't want to talk about it. 
I don't want to share about it. I don't want to do this. And you can look back on all of those little messages of people who you have inspired, have you, who you have really just been the hope for whose lives you've changed. And it will remind you that, okay, I might not want to share this today, but look what I can do if I show up and do it. Yeah. I have a folder on my desktop for those and they come virtually. <laughs> but when I first started speaking, like MySpace was a thing. So oh, tech, yeah. tech, tech's a little different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but I would have these printed out questionnaires that I would give to every audience member. I mean, even when I spoke in front of like 2,000 people, mm-hmm. so obnoxious. <laughs> Office Depot loved me. I'm like, who's but this lady I, with these printouts? <laughs> these? I would ask them questions about the presentation. And like what resonated with them, what they would change. One, I was trying to perfect my talk and understand where I was hitting and missing, but I was also gathering their feedback of how it impacted them. And I have saved every single one of those mm-hmm. in giant three ring binders. And like, <laughs> and I look at them sometimes when I'm feeling like maybe I've shared my story enough. Maybe it's time to stop talking about it or people mm-hmm. don't need this anymore or it's not powerful anymore. And when I, tr- when I try to water down the impact, mm-hmm. I look at the proof. Mm. Yes. I think it's definitely easy. I think for anyone, but I really battle with often of what the F to share and the level of being vulnerable and what feels uncomfortable, but it's a good uncomfortable, but what is helpful and what's not. And it's a tennis match in my head all the time. But I think that's really helpful to be able to keep and to look back on because we tell our students all the time is even if you're not sharing your story, but you're sharing your service or your offer or your products, it doesn't matter. Even if it's a candle, like, right, we, we help our students all the time talk about how powerful literally selling candles can be or coffee mugs. You know, how do I tie this emotional connection to this physical good that no one actually really cares about? And I've shared often about my obsession and deep, deep love with coffee mugs and what it does and what it creates for me. And it's, it's that same thing. You don't know, you literally don't know the level of impact it's going to have on someone else. And if it's Mm -hmm. only impacting one person every single time you talk about it, isn't that literally what you're doing it for? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I think that brings up a valid point because I know there's going to be people sitting in the audience being like, okay, well, I didn't go to prison and I didn't almost Summer camp. Yeah. I was just going to correct you as well. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. So sorry. I didn't go to summer. I mean, I did. I I actually do. I really did. I actually did. (laughs) I went to international space camp. It was legit. I was in the paper. I have proof. Okay. I know. <laughs> totally lost her. Oh, so when you when you are sitting down and you're like, I don't feel like my message or even my story is impactful enough that like I should even bother. Like maybe I should just go for a straight sales That's message. Literally me every day. Or I should just write something inspirational that I saw from someone else's mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we pull out the nuggets that we might view as dry So, because someone does need them? Mm. So I love this because when I first started my business, again, I think I told you guys I was terrified that my story would repel people. And when I started getting clients who were like, my story doesn't matter. I just this, that, and the other. I was like, do you know what I would do for a story like that? A story that's relatable because I felt like (laughs) mine was so polarizing and that a big dramatic story was a liability, not an asset. 
So I'm just going to tell you right now that there are people all over the world who wish they had your story. And there's that. But (laughs) when you're trying to figure out what to share, you want to first decide who is it that I'm talking to? Because if we're just talking to Instagram or we're talking to the internet, the comparison comes up big time. So identify very specifically who's the one person you want to share with right now. So Mm -hmm. think of your favorite client, your favorite customer, your best friend, whoever it is. Think of a specific person. Who are they? Who is it that you're supposed to be serving? And then don't think about the story yet. We want to craft a billboard statement. So if you were in, I always think of this, like if you're in Times Square and you had the opportunity to put a message up on one of those giant billboards, knowing that- you know how much I would overanalyze them? Oh, yes. (laughs) And you had your entire, like Times Square is just full of, of those people, like your people you're called to serve. Like what's the one thing you would say to them? It's probably not a sales message. It's probably not any of that. Like it, there, there's something you want to say, something a little bit deeper. So a lot of times I, I have some in front of me from some of my clients. Yes. So a lot of times these are all different types of business owners, but their messages are like, you don't need to fear the numbers. Mm-hmm. Your business should be set to support your life, not run it. Your words do matter. They can create change in your life and others. So this is a CPA. Mm-hmm. This is a systems integrator person. Mm -hmm. The other one's a copywriter. Like you are good enough to be the face of your business. Mm. That's from a video consultant, right? Like you have a deeper message that you want to share with your audience. And I think if you can strip away all of the shoulds and all Mm -hmm. of the strategy for a minute and just get down to what's the one thing I want to say to them, backing that up with the story becomes a whole lot easier. So now Mm -hmm. we can pick that story. Like we can decide what's the thing I want to say. If I want to tell them that they're good enough to be the face of their business, why might they feel that they're not? Like, how can I have that conversation with them? And if you can start to think of it as that way, is like, how would you address this person? Why would you tell them that they don't need to fear the numbers? Now you really get to build a case for what you believe in rather than feeling like you're having to validate yourself. Mm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, and when I think about you, Emily, specifically, don't make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of your story, you are fearful of sharing because you're afraid it might hurt other people you love and care about. Because I see so much of what you've done is like in spite of or in in like some way to try to not go down the same path Mm -hmm. you saw your family go down, like going to college, but then you know, you were the first person to go to college, but then you didn't get a corporate job. You didn't do the things that you thought were supposed to be the check marks that you were supposed to cross next. And you became a business owner, but nothing like what the rest of your family had ever done before. And so I think sometimes you're a bit humble and what you have accomplished for fear of making other people feel less than. You don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to help you feel a little bit better about that. We all do that. All of us us do that. I've been doing that from the very beginning because a lot of that, like, who am I to have success when, like, look what I've done or who am I to to launch this thing or to help this person. Like I'm the girl who dropped out of dropped out of college to go to yeah. summer camp. Yeah. And like who am I to do this? And right. we've got to shift our perspective. And if you're anything like me, I am somebody who has a crazy amount of survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at like being proud of my own accomplishments. 
And if you're somebody like that who is prone to getting your in, in your own way, like I see you, I'm not going to tell you it's wrong, but I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you how I deal with it. <laughs> and for me, I have to, I'm not motivated by accomplishments. Like that doesn't do anything for me because again, I will be like, well, who are you to have that? For me, it's a matter of what if I don't? Like, what if I don't show up and help these people? What if I don't give this talk? What if I don't share this story? What path could my audience continue down? Like, what kind of harm could I cause them? And for me, like, that's the kind of motivation that I need to keep going, as crazy (laughs) as it sounds. And I stay rooted every single day. Like, I have to before I open that god-awful inbox. Laura is not – Laura is my friend who passed away in the accident. She is not able to do this. Mm -hmm. She does not get the choice. She doesn't get to throw in the towel. So how dare I? Mm -hmm. And knowing that I'm doing what she can't do motivates me to keep going when it's hard, when somebody has something nasty to say about it, when I question my own value. And sometimes if we're, if we find ourselves being hard on ourselves, it's a little bit, makes it a little bit easier when we can start looking at the people we're serving or looking at the people we're doing it for. So how is this creating a better life for my children? Like, how is this setting them up for a future that they maybe wouldn't have had otherwise? And when I can stay rooted in things bigger than myself, I find a new level of motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something I'm constantly working on, (laughs) as we all are. (laughs) Every day. Every day. I literally have a post-it on my screen that says, like, you deserve this. Mm. I try to talk myself out of it. My, Mm. yeah, not to go down the rabbit hole too much because I could have another 45 minute conversation about (laughs) this. It isn't necessarily an an amount of deserving where I'm at. It's just more like this wasn't actually that hard for you. Like it shouldn't be this easy if it is this impactful. And because it's this easy, then anyone could do it. There's nothing special about what I did or where I came from or what I created because literally anyone can. But I don't think they can. I think (laughs) I think they can. They don't always make the choice to and they don't follow through on it. And you did. Right. And that's why you gotta tell the fork in the road. (laughs) What if you had not? Yeah. Oh Lord, I don't even wanna know. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna live that life. And Um, other people are okay with that. Right. Hunt and right. That's your own deal. It's fine. All right. Let's head into talk strategy to me before we when when Emily gets uncomfortable, she changes the subject. (laughs) Uh, same. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I know we kind of went over some certain questions, but just the three to five action steps. If we're interested in telling our story and like, let's start small. Let's just start with like putting a social media post out there that has some sort of meaning to our audience. What are the couple of things you would do to like quickly get it out? Because I think we could overanalyze this to death take action, make it happen, get that post out there. I love this. And I think Instagram posts, social media posts is one of the best places to start because again, we can edit it. So I would make you grab a pen or open a (laughs) Google doc and I want you to go through the billboard exercise. So understanding, figure out step one, figure out who it is that you are going to talk to. Who is the person you need to read this? Not who is your judgy aunt who might comment on the post (laughs) or that friend from high school who always has something ridiculous to say. Who is the person this is actually meant for? The one person you need to read this. Then two, figure out what that big billboard statement is. So the thing that you would say to them, if you could only tell them one thing and three, I want you to figure out what story you can share to support it. Write this all down. And before you publish that sucker and hit send, hand it to somebody else. 
let somebody else look through it and just make sure a lot of times when we're sharing our story, we will add in little things to kind of minimize our success or to downplay things that are really important. And I just having somebody to bounce it off of before you hit send or before you hit publish is going to give you a little bit of peace of mind, but also it's going to help you get out of your own way and share what you're really feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I know people are going to want to hang out with you online and like, and DM you about summer camp. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they can watch the MTV show. Exactly. <laughs> it is the best. I it at one point. Uh, so, if they want to come, like, hang out with you in your corner, where can they find you? And how can they get a hold of that Mad Lib thing you mentioned? Yes, I will. The Mad Lib, it's on the it's at the public speaking strategist.com it's on the blog i don't have i don't know the direct link but i know it's how to share a story your audience actually cares about and it will walk you through the whole process and when you it will ask you questions and all you got to do is answer them and it will write your story for you because i know right. a lot of times we overthink it mm-hmm. we want to shove everything in or tell nothing. nothing and instead these are the questions that i would ask you if i was going to coach you through it as far as hanging out online you can come hang out with me on Instagram at Jessica Razdal for little humans running around and <laughs> all of that jazz <laughs> and homeschooling and all of the, the adventures and suburbia. Um, <laughs> or if you're into speaking and story and all of that, I'd say definitely make sure you listen to the Speak to Scale podcast because that's where I'm dishing out all the how-to. Nice. Jessica, thank Love you it. so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.